Hello, Parallax Views listeners. This is Joe Savelle Flatley. I am the co-host with J.G. Michael of the Failed State Update podcast. Please check out this sample of our latest episode. And if you like what you hear, there are plenty more at failedstateupdate.com, or you can just search on your podcast app of choice. Gabriel leads a community of 100 people, calls himself the next planetary prince. He started out life as Tony Delavan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But according to his own autobiography, after two traumatic divorces and the death of a seven-year-old daughter, he began to hear voices. He went to Los Angeles to be a musician, and when that failed, he says, the voices grew stronger. They told him he had had many past glorious lives on Earth. He'd been St. Peter and Alexander the Great. My name is Joseph L. Flatley, and you are listening to Failed State Update with me and with your co-host, J.G. Michael. So, J.G., it's good to have you back. We had a couple couple weeks where you were a little busy, I was a little busy, things were up in the air, and uh, we haven't had a chance to, like, shoot the shit in a while. How, How you doing? Doing pretty good, just keeping myself busy, and I'm happy we're sort of back at it with Failed State Update. Yeah, definitely. Um, I tell you what I'm happy with is I, I'm a little late to the this Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial, but I'm fascinated by it. Fascinated by all the whole thing. I haven't like I haven't even gotten into the implications of like Amber Heard as a monarch mind control subject. I don't know if that rumor has been started or not. If it hasn't, it should be started. <laughs> Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Kathy O'Brien crowd to start talking about that. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just hearsay. That's the that's the one thing. Every other every other time she opens her mouth, the lawyers say hearsay, uh, objection, hearsay, and I don't understand what that means in a legal context. I don't understand how like you could be spreading hearsay about yourself because I mean, wouldn't you know? The whole th- the whole thing is it's like it's so bizarre. Like I can't think of the last time I actually watched a trial on TV, and it like really is a testament to like Johnny Depp's narcissism. Like it wasn't even supposed to be on the air. You know this like culture of narcissism, culture of sexual trauma. I brought up Monarch kind of facetiously, but we both had a chance to talk to an author lately who deals with those subjects in a serious manner, and. Oddly, there's a little bit of overlap between, you know, celebrity culture and this monarch conspiracy. Well, it goes all the way back to the uh, the original MKUltra uh, stories, uh, particularly uh, Candy Jones, the the supermodel who dated, uh, I would say, the the precursor to uh, Art Bell, Long John Neville, uh, and you know there was this whole story, right? Uh, Candy Jones, mind-controlled assassin by night and by day. She's a supermodel. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Candy Jones, for listeners who maybe aren't aware, I think it's called, is it the control of Candy Jones? The CIA control of Candy Jones, I think by Donald Bain, who incidentally ended up writing a bunch of murder-she-wrote books. 
Well, that's a great gig if you can get it. Um, for sure. Yeah, so so Long John Nebel, he's like, yeah, like you said, the, the Art Bell of the, the 60s. He's the, um, or 70s. He has all-night radio show where he just drinks a bunch of coffee and discusses 40 and subjects. And at one point, he gets married to, you know, Candy Jones, this woman who's... Uh, visage graced all these like bombers in world war ii where they would like paint like cheesy cheesecake photos of women on the sides of of uh of bombers and um the story is apparently you know through hypnosis like there was something wrong she couldn't quite put her finger on it her husband hypnotized her and uncovered all these memories which i guess i guess the amazing randy told paul krasner I guess Randy was friends with with uh, Nebel, and um, I guess he told Paul Krasner that um, Nebel, you know, was very open about the fact that he just made the whole thing up because he needed the money. So I don't know if that's been proven or is provable, but that's that's the story I heard. I mean, I could believe it. I I think there's sort of carny tradition when it comes to uh, late night talk hosts, especially the ones that talk about you know UFOs and. You know, you remember the. Uh, it, it reminds me of the um, Area Fifty One call uh, to Art Bell. You know, there, there's all kinds of like things that I think are kind of uh, stagey, I guess, in late night talk radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the fun of it. And I've I've whiled away so many late night road trip hours listening to Art Bell back in the day. And you know, it's it's fun, and sometimes people take it too far. As uh, Candace Woolley, is that how you say her I name? I think it's Candace Wheelie. Wheelie, yeah, that's what. That's right. So you introduced me to her and her new book, Monarch, um, out now from Soft Skull Press. <laughs> that's right. And you you had a a really good uh, interview with her on Parallax Views. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I decided to have Candace on uh, because you know I I somehow I I got uh, notified of this book monarch and i just saw the cover of it right and it's just you have this washed out sort of barbie doll face on it and it just says monarch and i'm like wait someone has made a novel based on monarch the 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 mind control conspiracy theory right the uh not just mind control because it's a little bit different from mk ultra right like monarch is like the pornified version of mk ultra it's not just uh, mind-controlled assassins. It's like mind-controlled sex slaves for the CIA. What was that? Uh, there was that article by um, Robert Sterling, our friend from uh, The Conformist. Uh, he wrote Uncle Ronnie's Sex Slaves. I think it was for like Hustler or something. Uh, but yeah, there, there were all these women that came out. Uh, chief among them, Kathy O'Brien, author of Transformation of America, uh, who basically claimed they were mind-controlled sex slaves for the CIA and, you know, Boxcar Willie was a reptilian and Bob Hope was my handler in the case of uh, Bryce Taylor. And you have all these just women who I think had some serious issues and were, in my view, taken advantage of probably. Yeah, by their their handlers, their men that were, you know, quote-unquote rescuing them. That was the case with uh, Kathy O'Brien, I think. But you know, also Candy Jones, both of their stories are very much, there was something wrong with me and this knight in shining armor came in and fixed me using hypnosis. And now we're going 
into business as, you know, professional conspiracy theorists. I don't really know how much, like, how much of that is put on, how much of that is the story, how much of that is, like, literally what happened. You know, does does uh, Kathy O'Brien think that she was part of Monarch? I don't know. Real quick, I gotta ask you, have you ever seen the short documentary? Robert Sterling's actually in it. It's called um, The Most Dangerous Game, and it's a short documentary, like, 10 minutes about Kathy O'Brien and, and CIA mind control. And I think it was uh, the Guerrilla News Network released it um, they made it, and that that's back in like the early two thousands. I think. Yeah, that was like pre YouTube. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's the wildest documentary I've ever seen, in some ways, because you're just watching this short ten minute documentary, and Kathy O'Brien the whole time is like, and they carved satanic symbols on my vajayjay, and and the whole documentary they're like, kind of like teasing that they're going to show it at the end and they never do. And I'm like, is this, is this like supposed to be some like weird cock tease for like conspiracy theorists and, you know, really out there evangelical Christians. I remember when that came out because, um, I was a big fan of that site and their work. And, um, I remember not really even at the time thinking like, is this, is this like news of the weird stuff or is this, you know, is this really like really, or is this really like journalism that's advocating for monarch victims? Like I couldn't, it's just, it's an odd subject and, um, and it very easily veers into the, uh, sensational, but the reason I loved your interview with, uh, Ms. Wooley and the reason that I, interviewed her as well for failed state update link in the show notes is because I think that a lot of, a lot of important subjects are brought up come to light in these crazy mythologies. You know, I think there are very few people who believe that they are monarch slaves, but there are thousands and thousands of people who believe that monarch slaves exist, you know, slight difference. Why do people believe this? outrageous stuff that can't be proven and it's it's interesting to me to work on it in fiction in a novel uh because the novelist is doing on purpose what i think all these people are doing by accident creating this narrative yeah i think it's really interesting with uh kathy o'brien um and then so so like you you take transformation of america by kathy o'brien and then you put it side by side with monarch uh, by Candace Whaley. And it, it's interesting because one of those two books, mainly Candace's book, is sort of dealing with monarch as a metaphor. And in a weird way, Kathy O'Brien kind of makes sense to me when I read her as fiction. It's like, you know, the whole most dangerous game element and like, you know, this feeling of being hunted down in a patriarchal society. You know, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's just, you know, to me, it makes sense as metaphor rather than, you know, some real account. Well, yeah, and 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 I think that's the point that I was trying to make and I think that's why you know, Candace did the book was because it is a metaphor. Like it is metaphor when Kathy O'Brien does it. Kathy O'Brien just doesn't realize that it's a metaphor. Metaphors are important for us to understand to come to grips with reality. Some of us realize we're doing it 
some of us don't realize we're doing it. And then like the behavior that results from an unwitting metaphor in the sense of QAnon and Roger Stone and trying to overthrow the election is a lot different than the behavior that results in an actual healthy person realizing this is a horror story. And the reason it works as a horror story is because it does point to some truth that lies beneath the surface. It reminds me a lot too of, uh, you know, movies like they live and, uh, society, the, the great body horror movie by Brian Yuzna. The reason those movies work is because those movies treat it as a metaphor. And really what they're getting at is that, you know, in a way, if you're at the bottom rung of society and you come across people at the top, they are going to seem completely different from you. They're just different culture, different strata of society. So they're almost people at the tippy top are almost removed uh, from the rest of us. So in a way, metaphorically, they almost are kind of alien to us in a way. All that stuff makes sense as metaphor, but then when you treat it as, uh, no, they're actually 12-foot-tall shape-shifting reptiles, then it gets a little bit out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess what, what, what screws people up is they don't realize that they can have very strong feelings about metaphorical reality. You know, it's like, something horrible has happened to me. I can't even quite put a name to what happened, but I have this strong feeling and I feel strongly drawn towards monarch conspiracy theories. It must be because that literally is what happened to me. I had a conversation with uh, Jason Horsley of the Autoculture podcast and author of all kinds of books who like handles all this material in a way that's very similar to what we're describing except he believes it's absolutely real. And I was having this conversation with him before he decided I was a dupe for the New World Order and spoke out against me in his blog, which is another story for another day, a short, not really that interesting story. He's been searching for proof that he was abducted or monarched. And to his credit, he doesn't have it, so he hasn't come out and said, at least when I spoke to him like four years ago, you know, he was like, he's like, I, I just have this feeling. I haven't been able to prove it yet. And I was like, well, so what's that mean? Like, like, do you want to, have you ever thought about maybe I want to believe this for some reason? And he's like, yeah, I mean, the, it's occurred to me, but how messed up would I have to be to want to believe it? <laughs> Which is like, it's, I appreciate the candor, but I don't think you would have to be that messed up to want to believe it. Not any more than you'd have to be messed up to be attracted to like, body horror or any like transgressive art or cinema um we're all, a lot of us i think we're all drawn to it to a degree a lot of us will admit to it but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us it just means that there is a shadow side to the human beings that need to be that needs to be explored it, it reminds me of that great line that uh the i think it was he was um a psychiatrist Archie lang you know, the one, the one that uh, he started the asylum that was run by the inmates and then it, that made him famous. So he ended up on the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band cover. Uh, but I, I think he said once, you know, um, insanity is a rational adjustment to an insane world. Um, that sort of gets at what you're saying. Like, I don't I don't think it takes much to uh, believe in things that may not be true or maybe out there or maybe um, not true in a factual sense. <laughs> Uh, but maybe true in a metaphorical sense. I don't think it's that much of a leap for people, because it's it's a it's a very 
we live in a world that that is full of traumas and you know i think people often feel crushed under the weight of the world um and i i actually think that's what makes uh conspiracies so popular with a lot of people yeah i i think you hit the nail on the head and um i'm going to suggest people check out our dueling interviews with the author um and speaking of an in a uh, sane just a reaction to an insane world i uh have an interesting uh, tape for you guys today um, for the podcast. And last week, Gabriel Viarancha, who you might be familiar with as a uh, you know subject of my book and podcast, my book New Age Grifter, and my podcast The So-Called Prophet from Pittsburgh are about this real-life UFO cult. It's not a metaphor. It's in the desert in, in Arizona and... They are waiting for the end of the world and, you know, and enjoying a lot of like trauma and extreme control behavior at the hands of Gabriel of Urantia and his uh, lieutenants. Things have been really crazy there. Uh, Gabriel, as of late, he apparently the story I've heard is he had COVID and he was at death's door and... And it was like, like the best time they've had at, in the compound since, because it's like every everybody was so worried about the leader that they like stopped like enforcing all the rules super hard, and they like lightened up, and people actually had fun for a while. And then Gabriel came back from death's door, and he's just been on a tear. I guess it's just like it's become like super. The story I've heard is it's become like incredibly restrictive and much more punishments and and just a lot lot tougher than it's ever been and um at one point you know some some people escaped and then last week Paladin which is a extraterrestrial cosmic entity that speaks through Gabriel it's something that people in the cult are very familiar with these channeling sessions and getting spoken to by this space alien or whatever but it's not something us people outside the cult ever really get to hear until last week when paladin van the uh, gabriel's uh extraterrestrial space voice in his head called up the radio station and started talking about the the coming apocalypse and the end of the world so um it's it's quite a it's pretty interesting and what i ended up actually doing is i got a tape of this and i got on Zoom with Joshua Lilly, who is a former ex-member who's I've interviewed quite a bit and who's been on the podcast before. And uh, we just played it. And then, like, we would pause it every so often and Josh would comment on what he just heard or, you know, the messages behind what Gabriel's saying. Really an interesting tape. So we're going to hear that now. And then uh, we'll be back on the other side. Josh Lilly is a former member of the Global Community Communications Alliance, the cult, the UFO cult in Arizona that we cover quite a bit on Failed State Update. You might say that he's a motivated ex-member, motivated by bringing Gabriel and his corrupt inner circle into account and trying to find a way to help all the people who have been in the cult's compound in Tumacocri for so many years. 
the cult has a radio station called K-Van. It's available on the internet, and it's available in Tucson, Arizona. And recently, the leader of the cult took to the airwaves to warn people to come to Arizona and join him before it was too late. There was something particularly peculiar about the message, so I spoke to Josh, and and we're going to play that recording back so that he can explain what it is exactly that we're listening to. You're listening to KVANLP 917 Tucson, Visionary Radio, streaming across the universe online at kvan.fm. Spiritualution and justice to God's people. The New Jerusalem is coming. Recently, here on KVAN, DJ Mycenae received a phone call on the air from Paladin. Chief of Finalitors, who had a very important message for this world. You think the Chief of Finalitors calling from a landline or he's got a cell phone? What's a finaliter? What does that even mean? Well, I, I'm not quite sure, but um, from my understanding of what they claim it to be, it's uh, a soul that's been all the way to paradise and like has returned back out into its creation. It's like a teacher. So this is going to be Gabriel talking, but in this character as as this, like this soul that like went through this whole process and then came back. He like, I got like the way it it states it is that um, he was like an evolutionary mortal at one time and place. Kind of like me or you, like, right. We're mortal beings and uh, the Arantia book or whatever. They're the cosmic family volumes talk about um, past lives and stuff like that. So, Aladdin is kind of like a, a mortal human being that is like traversed time and space through the ascension process all the way to paradise. And, and now he's come back to like uh, gather his cosmic family. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a long story. So we're very privileged. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is like a big one, buddy. This is a big one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, this is K-Van Visionary Radio. Yes, uh, can I speak on the air? Please, please, please do. All right. Yes, Uh, my name is Paladin. That's spelled T-A-L-A-D-I-N, Paladin. Paladin. Yes, Uh, I'm the celestial being that speaks through Taliesin of Torah. Mm, yes. All right. <laughs> Welcome, sir. Yes. I would like to share with the general public that we are living in a transition period. We are about to experience the beginning of the first stage of light and life on Urantia Earth. Yeah, so that phrase comes up a lot. Light, first stage of light in life. What, what's that? The Urantia book talks about like we're in a rebellion, right? Just kind of like the Bible too, you know, it's a battle for souls. Uh, the same message across the board. And um, so he talks about like, once you, be, you can become pure and like uh, shed the, 
worldly hangups and, you know, join his community and, you know, be completely subservient to him. And then there'll be a point where uh, there's a cleansing of the planet and uh, it could be through apocalyptic shit or, you know, whatever. He just, you know, you'll find out more in the, in the <laughs> stuff that come, but um, yeah. So like uh, he's talking about a cleansing of the planet and um there's a point after that that will be if you're spiritually pure you'll you'll come into light in life and that's what he's talking about where it's the planet is no longer in rebellion so no more cactus no more black widows it's all like rainbows and unicorns buddy well his book like i can't remember the, the name the divine new order maybe and then like the subtitles the first stage of light and life so He's been predicting that this first stage of this change was coming for some time, right? Yeah, but it's uh, he's a master of his story because he's made it dynamic and it's evolutionary, right? So it's ever changing and it could go this way or that way. You know, it's a uh, it's a good way to be a cult leader, man. You, you know, it's the, the story is continually changing and, you know, so right now I, he's always been talking about China, you know, <laughs> talking about China and the divine new order, you know, that's his autobiography of like his coming into being who the great soul that he is. And um, so, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a never changing story. It's just like a politician, man. But I was just wondering if it's like, if he thinks that it's been taking its time, but now it's really happening or- uh, well, yeah, he's he's ramping it up, man. I mean, you know, fear, fear motivates, you know, it motivates all of us. You scare a human being and they're willing to like pretty much do whatever. And you get mob mentality and, you know, it, he has a mob, you know, and it's easier to control a herd than it is to control an individual. And they're all in a herd right now and they follow suit 